Hey everyone, welcome back. Uh, this week in the Readwell podcast, we're going to be talking about the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass and whether or not this is a book that you should read. I'll be sharing with you my thoughts on this work. Uh, and if you're considering picking this up, it will help you really determine if this is going to be a book that is for you or not. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to this week's episode of the Read Well podcast. My name is Eddie Hood, and I'm your host where I believe it's more important to read well than to be well-read. So grab your favorite book, open up your notes, and let's get ready to learn something fascinating. Uh, hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Eddie, and it has been a very interesting week. Uh, if, if my voice sounds a little weird, it's because, uh, well, I am on drugs. <laughs> I am I am on drugs at the moment. I'm not kidding. I, I I had a surgery, an unplanned surgery a few days ago that just came out of nowhere. It was 2.30 in the morning, and uh, I was lying in bed next to my wife, and all of a sudden, this really sort of sharp pain kind of kicked in on my right side in my abdomen, and lo and behold, my appendix decided to uh, almost explode, and I ended up with appendicitis and in the ER, and it was just a fun little weekend, and that's all I've been doing, so feeling a little out of the loop right now, but uh, I'm, I'm really grateful to be back and talking to you about a book that I've just finished. It's called The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass. Now, if you've been watching some of my other videos, uh, you know that this is a book that uh, had a, a pretty big impact on me, and I wanted to dedicate a whole episode to this book. And in fact, I think this is something I'm going to do more often, is not just talk about the process of reading, but as I finish books, share with you my thoughts on those actual uh, texts uh, and help you decide whether or not that's something that you would like to read. Now, I'm going to do my best not to spoil anything for you if you haven't read this book, but I also want to walk that fine line and give you just enough to uh, determine for yourself if this is something that you want to invest your your uh, your hard-earned free time into, let's say that. So, all right. Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, it's, uh, it's a very thin book. This is something that is nice about it. I mean, it's an easy read. You could read this in an afternoon if you chose to. Uh, I, I wrote, read it over a few days because of the impact of the words, and they really have a deeper meaning to it. But this is one of those books that sort of comes at you in a uh, <clears throat> sort of a curveball fashion, right? You think it's going to go one way, and then it ends up going the other you start off thinking that you you are getting into a book about slavery, and of course you are. Uh, and uh, uh, Mr. Douglas was was one of the the biggest proponents and voices for uh, freedom and 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 abolitionism and and all these sorts of ideas. But uh, this book ends up being so much more than that. You know, you you think you're getting into something that would be the kind of book that you would be assigned in 10th grade history class. You know, go read this as a, as a part of American history. Get a sense of what happened in the, in the world of slavery. Come back and write your book report and be done with it. And in fact, if, if this book is being read that way, uh, that's a shame. That really is a shame because there is uh, a much deeper message here that really sort of rocked me to the core. And I hope that if you read it, you'll, you'll have the same experience. So I'm going to share with you some of my notes today on this book. And again, I'm going to try and not have any spoilers, but I am going to walk through some of the ideas that really stood out to me. There's a couple different themes in this book about not only the uh, the value of a man's soul and a woman's soul, 
not only on the freedom of uh, and the rights that that we enjoy as human beings on this earth, but also there's this underlying message in Douglas's book that makes it more than a text on slavery and a text on freedom. This is a book about a man who wants to improve his station in life. And that's why I think it's still relative to us today. You know, we might not have slavery as it was defined in the 1800s. I would argue that slavery still exists in many forms and fashions today, unfortunately. At least it doesn't look like it did in the 1800s, but my goodness, it's still very, very much present in the way we treat each other, in the way we uh, work with each other, and in the way we emotionally subject ourselves to each other. And geez, just watch the news and, and tell me that people don't behave today the way that they did in the 1800s. I think that it's still very much prevalent. But what I love about this book and why it's so uh, relevant today in now 2023 uh, is and, and how cool, right? I mean, he wrote this in the 1800s, I think 1845. And uh, I wonder if at that point, if he knew that his words would still be resonating with people in 2023. And I think the reason why it does is because all of us are uh, finding ourselves in a difficult spot. Now, your difficult spot might be depression. It might be um, a job that you dislike. It might be a lack of education. You might be living in poverty. Uh, you might be uh, subjected to some sort of prejudice because of who you are or where you live or who knows what. I think everybody has something that they're, they're, they're challenged with. And it's because of that fact that life in itself is hard, that this book takes its origin from that idea, that life is hard, you know, the, the world is hard. <clears throat> However, you can you can do like most of the, of the people did in uh, Douglas's time, which was to put your head down, do what you're told, and, uh, and, and not ask questions. Or you can be like Mr. Douglas, and you can say, you know what, there is more to this life, there is more to uh, what is available and open to me. And I'm going to be brave enough, despite the consequences, to ask the challenging questions that need to be asked in order for me to get that better life. And I love that because, you know, I, I recognize first and foremost that I was born into, into a, a state of privilege, right? I, I get that. At the same time, my parents got divorced when I was very young, two or three years old. Mom was always working. I've told this story before, but it was pretty much just me. I'm an only child, and we lived in uh, trailer parks and apartment homes and anywhere where we could get sort of cheap rent because we just didn't have any money. And uh, I lived in uh, really sort of rough neighborhoods. And <clears throat> I, at a young age, felt like this isn't what I want for myself, and I wanted something better. And so I decided very early on to be the first person in my family to go to college. And I think that experience uh, I can relate a little bit to what Mr. Douglas is going through, where he wasn't happy with his situation. He wanted something more for himself, for his future family, and so on. So the message of this book is not just one of slavery, but it's one of uh, improving your station in life. No matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter the color of your skin, you are a human being. And you have the right and the ability to ask the kinds of questions that will improve your life, as long as you're willing to be courageous enough to do so. And to do the work. So that's the, that's the reason why I think this book is something that everybody should read, uh, especially people uh, who, who are uh, American, have that sort of historical component in their background. 
I think I think you would really benefit from understanding where we come from. And also uh, reading this book gives you a sense of where we potentially could go, good or bad, if we don't uh, learn to change our behavior a little bit. So I'm going to share my notes with you on just three topics here that I think are valuable. And I'm going to go to my notes taking uh, section here. So let me open up my book on the narrative. And I've got a couple different sections in here that I thought were powerful, but I'm only going to open up a couple of them. The first one is this idea of the freedom of our time and time being your own personal time, the 24 hours that you have in a day. As you read this book, you sort of get a sense of how precious and how valuable your time is and how easily we take it for granted. That's another reason why I think this book is so relevant today is because, you know, we we are living in the best of times where we really can wake up and mostly choose to do what we want with ourselves, where even 40, 50 years ago, you couldn't do that because you had to work on the farm. You had to, you know, get food on the table. Uh, it was not as easy as just kind of walking down to the store and buying whatever you needed whenever you needed it. But uh, my first note here is on this concept of the value of our time. And coming out of the book here, it says, uh, you know, there were no beds given to slaves unless one coarse blanket could be considered such, and none but the men and women had these. This, however, is not considered a very great privation. Uh, they find less difficulty from the want of beds, they being the slaves, uh, than from the want of time to sleep. For when their day's work in the field is done, the most of them, having their washing, mending, and cooking to do, and having few or none of the ordinary faculties for doing either of these, very many of their sleeping hours are consumed in preparing for the field the coming day. And when this is done, old and young, male and female, married and single, drop down side by side on one common bed, the cold, damp floor, each covering himself or herself with their miserable blankets, and here they sleep till they are summoned to the field by the driver's horn. So uh, I've got this, this sort of idea in my head as I read this of, I can't imagine living my life like that where I'm literally... Uh, here for one purpose only, which is to work somebody's farm or field. And I don't even have enough time to take care of my own body, my clothing, my family. I have just enough time to work in the field and then practically pass out, you know? And of course he's saying that, that their, their, their time to sleep has been robbed from them because when they're supposed to be sleeping, that's when they are mending their clothes. That's when they are trying to get ahead or get caught up. And I think we can all relate to that. Can't we? I mean, if you're if you're in, in this economy right now, I mean, it is it is not always an easy place to live. Many people are working multiple jobs and, and you often feel like you don't have enough time to do what uh, you want to do because you're you're so busy trying to keep the bills paid. If you're in that situation, this book is really, really pertinent to you. And I think you'll find value in it because uh, I don't know that any of our situations will ever be as dire as Mr. Douglas's. He he does an incredible job of not holding back what it was like to be a slave. I mean, every time he discusses an actual situation where the slave master punishes him uh, via whipping or whatever, you as the reader kind of start to feel this creeping sense of fear that he in some small way probably felt on a daily basis. You can't help but be afraid when you read this book because you can feel that whip coming and he does not hold back. And so it, you know, if, if, if you're in a situation in life where you feel like you're just sort of, you know, 
metaphorically being whipped and you can't keep up with things. This book will really speak to you because you've got this gentleman who, despite all of that, wants something better and he does not give up. And I think that message of hope is something we could all use at, at time, well, all the time, really. I think this is a book that you could probably read once a year and always get something out of it and feel uh, encouraged to not only face the day, but to face it well. So that's my first note on this book is uh, to value the freedom of our time. You know, it, it's so, I get, I get disappointed in myself when I uh, finally get an hour to myself and then I sort of squander it because I'm so tired. It's after reading books like this that I realize that that one hour is really a gift and maybe I could use it to do something that, um, that is meaningful, that is powerful. So it's kind of an emotional thing, really, when you, when you get into it. All right, my second note here, let me go back to my, my notes on the book here. I wanted to point out this uh, idea of Douglas learning to read and write because <clears throat> he's in this horrible situation. And instead of getting, he does, he does fight back, unlike most slaves. He does actually fight with his slave masters and throw a few punches, which I think is awesome, right? However, uh, in general, his mode of fighting back is not physical. It is instead educational. And he decides that in order to uh, really level up his station and get out of this horrible place he's in, he needs to get educated. And so he he just he decides that he needs to learn to read and write, which at, at this point in time in history, it's illegal to teach your slaves how to read and write. So he has to go about this in a very cunning way. And uh, check out this note here. He says, I looked forward to a time at which I could be safe for me to escape. I was too young to think of doing so immediately. Besides, I wished to learn how to write as I might have occasion to write my own pass. In other words, his own papers, because as a slave, there were free, uh, free colored people at the time. And they had, they carried papers with them that showed that they were free men. So he's, he's thinking maybe he can write his own papers if he, if he can learn how to do this. He says, I consoled myself with the hope that I should one day find a good chance. Meanwhile, I would learn to write. When I met with any boy who I knew could write, I would tell him I could write as well as he. The next would be, I don't believe you. Let me see you try it. I would then make letters, which I had been so fortunate as to learn. He had learned the letters A, B, and C from a prior uh, um, sort of uh, slaveholder. Uh, the wife of a slaveholder had, had some compassion on him and had begun teaching him to, to read and write, and he'd learned the letters A, B, and C. So he would write the letter A, B, or C to this little boy. And then he would say, I'd ask him to beat that. In this way, I got a good many lessons in writing, which is quite possible I should never have gotten in any other way. And then I've got my footnotes down here, uh, which I've tagged to uh, this idea that, uh, you know, we are, we are fortunate to learn. And my, my, my note here says that Douglas shows gratitude for the value of his education. In this excerpt, he shows how he had to get by with any means possible. He valued knowledge because he had to work for it and because it was his ticket to a better life. That's the second message of this book, the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass, that if you want to improve any part of your life, really the best way to do that is through education. It's not necessarily through uh, evil means or lying or misconduct or evil deed. It is through working on yourself and asking yourself, what, what am I capable of doing? 
And he, he literally had to trick these little white boys into teaching them how to read and write, which I just, I love this concept. He's out on the street running errands for his, his uh, slaveholder. Every time he meets a little boy, he, uh, he puts them to the test, right? And says, I know how to read better than you do. And of course, this little white boy is like, no, you don't. There's no way. Prove it. So he, he gets out a pencil and a paper and he writes the letter A, then the letter B and the letter C. And he says, there, go ahead and beat that, smarty pants. And the, the little white boy says, I can beat that. And then he writes the letter D and E and F or, or what have you. And uh, that's how Douglas learned to read and how to write is he's tricking these boys into this game. I think that's a really cool thing because he had to go the extra mile to learn to read and write. And I think back about my experience in learning to read. I can remember doing it. I remember reading these little books in kindergarten and I, re I remember not enjoying the experience, just like rolling my eyes. Like, Oh, I don't want to learn to read. I just want to go play. And I think a lot of us feel that way when it comes time to, to learning something new, because learning is, is, can be hard. It can take time. It can sort of be mentally draining and challenging, but not for Douglas. Douglas was inspired by it. He, he sort of lived on it. He craved for it. He, he worked really hard for it. And because of that, he never took his education for granted. And it's, it's great because he goes from being the slave where he has no family, no kin, no resources, no money, nothing. He's literally just a piece of property that's being whipped every night to finding his, uh, well, I don't want to ruin anything, but, if you look back in that in, in the history books, you, you'll know without reading this that Douglas becomes the uh, one of the counselors essentially to President Abraham Lincoln, President of the United States of America. So it's this it's this story of a man's rise from complete horrible uh, um, environment to uh, potentially the the best place he could be at the time. Just a really powerful story about how we can have what we want if we're willing to work on ourselves. So that, that leads me to the, my last note on this book that I wanted to share with you, which is that he, he uses a specific phrase. Let me go back to my actual, these are all my notes here. Um, you can see in, in this tool, this is called, this is highlightish. This is the tool that I use to track my book notes and keep, keep my thoughts organized as I'm reading. But this book sort of uh, inspired lots of different ideas. I can see some of Nietzsche's work in, in what he's saying, uh, mastery, skill, power, conformity, group dynamics. These are all ideas that sort of sprang to mind as I, um, as I read his work. But there's an idea down here, a specific note that I titled Aim Upward. And if I click into that, this, this text from the book, which is right here, says, At the close of the year 1834, Mr. Friedland again hired me of my master. For the year 1835, so he he had essentially been lent out to another slaveholder uh, in, in uh, for payment. He says, "By this time, I began to want to live upon free land as well as with Freeland. Freeland was the name of the man that he was trying to um, get work with, and I was no longer content. I loved that. Right? There's this moment where Douglas realizes, I am not content with my station in life." I am not content being who I am with the things that I have, with the respect that I have, all of this stuff. I am not content. And I think we all come to that moment, don't we, in life where we realize um, this isn't working for me. What I have, my job, my career, my family, my relationship, my income, my uh, social status, whatever, it's not working and I am not content. And then you have this, this moment where you get to decide if you were going to do something about it. 
that is why this book is a surprise because it's not just a book about uh, being a slave or um, sort of the horrific um, nature of the American past, but it's a book about self-improvement, self-discipline, and uh, control. He goes on to say in this note here, I began with the commencement of the year to prepare myself for a final struggle. In other words, he's saying, I'm going to escape. I'm done with this. I'm going to do this no matter what. He says, which should decide my fate one way or the other. My tendency was upward. And that's the phrase I want to point out in this last note here. My tendency was upward. I was fast approaching manhood and year after year passed and I was still a slave. These thoughts roused in me that I must do something. And that to me, that one phrase that uh, my tendency was upward, that is the main theme of the book here, the narrative of the life of Frederick Douglass. Uh, he approached life aiming upward and not downward. And I think as human beings, we have that ability to look at every problem, every situation, every conversation, and we can aim upward in that, uh, in that moment or we can aim downward. And he has become one of my heroes because, you know, man, sometimes life just feels hard. And there are days where I don't want to kind of go after it. You know, there are days where you just want to lay in bed and watch Netflix. And then I think about Douglas and I think about what he was in and how he decided to aim upward. And then I begin thinking about my own life and, and ask myself, if I aim upward right now, where will I be tomorrow? Vice versa, if I aim downward, where will I be tomorrow? So I think this is a book that you should that you should definitely read if you're the kind of person that is looking for some direction in your life. Um, read it too if you want to get a sense of of slave, uh, slavery and uh, freedom and ma and man's rights and, and those kinds of things. But more importantly, even so, read it if you're just somebody who's trying to find your purpose in life, trying to understand what this is all about. I think this is a, a wonderful book, and I highly uh, recommend that you you check it out. I hope I hope that helped you today as you begin to explore uh, this book. I will say <clears throat> there, there there's one other fascinating element of this work that I want you to watch out for. That is the use of emotional uh, abuse that the slaveholders would use on the slaves. There, it, it's sort of fascinating to watch how they would um, sort of manipulate their slaves into being emotionally attached to them. There are many times in the in the book where they're playing these mental games with the slaves, and it's this power struggle. And we often think of slavery as uh, physical abuse only. You know, they would whip them if they didn't work hard enough. But there's absolutely this this deeper layer, this deeper context of emotional abuse that I really wasn't aware existed. And as you read this book, you can see these slaveholders manipulating their slaves. And it's really great because you can, you can see that same behavior when you go to work tomorrow. You can see that same behavior in specific relationships that are not healthy for you. You can see that same behavior in um, maybe even in yourself if you, if you are unknowingly or unconsciously manipulating other people and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm doing that to this other person. And it's this really great mirror that Douglas holds up to you and lets you sort of look in it and show you that that um, emotional tactics are not um, are not not humane. They're not they're not the way that we should be behaving as as human beings. 
So anyway, I hope you find that helpful in this week's episode of the Readwell podcast. My, my ultimate goal here uh, is really to create a, a space where we can talk about books and the things that we love when it comes to reading carefully. Uh, if you find that of value at all, uh, check out the readwellpodcast.com. You can go over there and, and subscribe to the newsletter and, uh, and, and, you know, hear from me every, every week. I usually write a short essay on the things that I'm reading as well as give you show notes on what's happening. Now, uh, in terms of announcements and what's coming up, I'm actually going to Paris with my wife uh, on July 25th, and I will be gone for about 10 days. But I should have some episodes recorded before then, so there shouldn't be any uh, sort of uh, gap in the shows here. Uh, as, a, as a reminder, the shows come out every Tuesday at 2 o'clock. And we, I've decided to... Um, publish everything on Tuesday at two o'clock. Now the YouTube video, the actual uh, podcast itself, the uh, show notes on the website, it all just goes live Tuesday at two. Just I was trying to make life a little, a little easier for myself in terms of publishing all of this. So thank you again for all your support and for everybody that got on the Facebook page and wished me well through my appendix explosion. Uh, that meant a lot to me. I really am grateful to all of you. Thanks again. And we will see you all next week. If you'd like to take your reading to the next level, then head on over to our website at thereadwellpodcast.com. There you can get access to my weekly newsletter as well as up-to-date show information. Also, don't forget that I learned software development on the side just so that I could build a program to help us make better book notes as we read. If you're interested, go to highlightish.com. Think of highlighting a book, but add ish, I-S-H, at the end. Highlightish.com. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you on the next show.